Town Bank Mortgage, NMLS number 512138, is an equal housing lender. This podcast is for informational purposes only. And now, the man born with a 5 o'clock shadow and with the NMLS number 2028201. He is a gentleman. He is a scholar. He is Tyler Crawley. Welcome, everyone, to the Wednesday edition of the Markets and Mortgages podcast. I am the aforementioned host of this podcast, Tyler Crawley, and... Man, oh man, we got a lot to get to (laughs) on today's podcast. It is a busy week. It is jobs week and it is Fed week. And more particularly, it is Fed day. Is that, I don't know, that doesn't sound right. The Federal Open Market Committee is meeting, well, they met yesterday and today, and they'll be making their decision about the federal funds rate, the basis point for all interest rates in our economy. That will be happening later today at two o'clock. And then, of course, we have that happening with all of this jobs data. And we got our first major report about jobs. We are going to talk about that. That's job openings. And it was surprising. And I'm not going to tease because, you know, you don't want to do that. In radio, you could do that because you couldn't fast forward. But in podcasting world, you can fast forward. Uh, So job openings jumped back up to 10.7 million. They had a big fall the prior month and everyone thought, oh man, here we go. The loosening of the labor market. Well, it was not to be. They jumped back up. We're going to get into that. We're also going to talk construction spending unexpectedly rising. So two, I would say good reports, which I don't know, maybe they're good. It's kind of funny because now all of a sudden we're getting jobs data and you'd be like, oh, it's great. We have a tight labor market. That means you know employees have more negotiating power. I mean, higher wages. And normally that would be looked at as a great thing. Fewer people that are unemployed. But because of inflation, it's really kind of complicated the way we look at reports. And it's like, oh, no, there's too many people who are working. <laughs> there's too many job openings. And so we're looking at reports in a different way because the economy is different or at least it's it's different from what it has been for the last about 40 years with regards to inflation. So we're going to get to that, but let's start because this is markets and mortgages. So I want to start with housing because we all know that while the overall economy might not be in a recession, the housing market probably is. <laughs> this is an argument that's been made by, I think it was first made by the chief economist, Robert Dietz, over at the National Association of Home Builders two months ago, he made that argument. And we have really started to see that reflected in home price growth, which has slowed dramatically record pace, uh, I think every single month for at least the last two months. And we got our first report for the month of September. This is the CoreLogic Home Price Insight Report. This is the redheaded stepchild of the uh, CoreLogic Case Schiller report, the gold standard when it comes to the housing market. And so this is the first report that we get for the month. Like I said, looking at the month of September and not surprisingly, month over month, home prices nationwide fell 0.5% from August. This is lower than the dip that we saw in August when it fell from 
uh, July to August, 0.7%. But it is higher than the dip of 0.3% that we saw in July. So kind of right there in the middle, but that's three months now that we have seen home prices decline month over month. However, even with these declines for the last three months, uh, year-over-year prices are still up, but that is slowing fast. So in the month of September, home prices were still up 11.4% year-over-year, but that was down from the 13.5% that we saw in August and down significantly from the high of all time that we saw back in March of 21%. So things are slowing and they're happening fast, uh, unless you are in Miami. <laughs> like Miami is just this bizarre place. Despite a nationwide slowdown, Miami remains at boom-like levels. In the month of September, they saw 25.6% year-over-year growth in Miami. <laughs> now, this is down from the prior month when it was up 27.1%, but it is actually up from the 25.3% that was reported in June. So it's kind of crazy that we are seeing Miami shirt sure, fell the last two months. It was at 27.1% in August and July, but they're actually up when comparing it to June, <laughs> like no other housing market, no other region, no other Metro area is, are you going to find that? I mean, Miami stands alone and I mean, yeah, I mean, there's, there's no other way to put it because when you look at the next closest Metro area, it's Phoenix, a distant second. I mean, Miami is almost double what Phoenix is. Phoenix is at 13.8% year over year growth followed closely by Las Vegas. They're up 13.6% Houston up 13.1 and San Diego or San Diego. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I was getting into my, my Will Ferrell anchorman uh, <laughs> moment there was up 10.9%. So, I mean, sure, we're still seeing double-digit growth in major metro areas year over year, but Miami just stands alone. It's just, I mean, it's nuts. 25.6% at a time when we are in a housing recession. <laughs> just not, not... In uh, Miami. Now, looking ahead, the CoreLogic HPI forecast predicts that home prices will see zero growth in October. And I do need to remind you that at no point in the entire time I've been watching this report for over two years now, have they ever gotten this right? <laughs> so I don't know how much weight I would put. I would think that we're going to see another negative month, uh, probably closer to 1% than we are closer to uh, what we saw this month, a drop of 0.5%. However, they are still calling for year-over-year -year growth, looking at September 2023 of an increase of 3.9%. So I, what, they're, what they're thinking is going to happen is we're going to see a decline and then we're going to see a little bit of a increase as we get closer to the same time a year from now. So they're actually saying that home prices will be up. And a lot of people are saying that. I mean, I think it's very possible. I think we're going to see as rates you know, stay high and possibly <laughs> increase, uh, that's going to put downward pressure on prices. But then as we see at some point the Fed pivoting, which I don't think is going to be soon, but 
when they do decide that, we are going to see, uh, I think, a positive reaction from the housing market. But they're calling almost 4% year-over-year growth September 2023. But as I said, I, I don't think I've ever seen them get any of these predictions right. They pro- they really should probably stop doing it. <laughs> yeah, they literally, I mean, statistically, at least one of them should be great, correct? Maybe they got one. Maybe they got one. Uh, Selma Hap, now I'm not saying that, that their data's not good. I'm just saying that their predictions are not good. You know, making predictions is a lot different than analyzing data that has already happened. Selma Hap, who is the deputy chief economist for CoreLogic, says there is quite the divide between the different regions of this country. She says, quote, on the West Coast and in the Mountain West states, home prices are slowing from the spring's high but remain elevated from a year ago. By contrast, markets that continue to see an in-migration of higher income households are still experiencing home price gains that are notably higher than the national rate of appreciation. <coughs> Miami? <laughs> Would Miami be one? Of, now, you know, hold on. I got, to, I got to look up something here. Stay with me here on this podcast because I, I want to make sure. Is Selma Hep a, 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 a girl or a guy? Because I've said that before where I've said... Um, a name and I just assumed that it was a female and so okay it, it's a girl it's a woman <laughs> I should say so I just I, I did that one time before and I felt kind of bad about it so I wanted to double check that here on my other computer I should have done it with the laptop that I was just looking at so man this this is a slow computer <laughs> It's the picture is loading. The picture is loading right now. There we go. See, look, it's a female. So I was right. I said she. And so should I pull this from the podcast? No, I can't. I can't do that from the podcast because then everything else will get messed up. So we move on. So now I know that Selma Hep, which I, I mean, I get that Selma's a girl's name, but I don't know. I just sometimes I've done that before and I and I wanted to to make sure that I got it right this time. So <laughs> now that we've derailed the entire podcast. So a not surprising report from CoreLogic. I will say uh, home price growth falling month over month prices, actual, or I should say year over year slowing month over month, actual falling now for the third month in a row, according to the CoreLogic Home Price Insight report. So we start off with, I don't know, is it bad news? I mean, it's kind of just market forces. I mean, that's just sort of what's happening with the market. It's not good or bad. It's just that's the reality. When rates are rising, when demand is suppressed, you are going to see a drop in home prices. And as we've talked about, we haven't talked about it recently, but home prices for the most part aren't necessarily a good or bad thing. You know, rising home prices are great if you're a homeowner. They're not so great if you're not a homeowner because now the price point to enter homeownership has increased so it all depends on your perspective. So it's really not good or bad as it is just sort of a reality of what is happening with the economy. Now, speaking of what's happening with the economy, let's keep or let's stay with housing and let's try. Let's talk. Let's talk. If we can, <laughs> if I can talk construction spending, which this is a good report, because as someone who wants to see more building taking place, construction spending beat economists expectations for the month of September. This according to the latest data 
from the Census Bureau. Month over month, construction spending was up. It was positive 0.2% to an estimated seasonally adjusted annual rates of $1.81 billion in September. Now, construction spending was up 10.9% when compared to the same time last year. So I love that. I mean, we have a positive month and a double-digit positive year. That's, I will take this report any day of the week and twice on Sunday. And here's what makes it even better. Economists had projected that spending was going to fall 0.5%. So we almost had a full point. I'm going to round up. We almost had a full point difference between what they were projecting and what actually happened. Now, when you break down the numbers, the category that is the most important is, of course, residential. Total residential spending, that means both public and private, was unchanged at $927 million in September and is now up 12.6% when compared to September 2021. The only bad part of this report that I could find was single family construction was actually down 2.6% for the month and is now down 2.7% year over year. So single family is the most popular uh, you know, aspect of housing. And so to see those numbers drop is not surprising, but at the same time, you don't like to see it because you want to see people building you want to get that supply out there. So eh, not surprising, but it's the one bad part of this report. Multifamily was up 0.3% for the month and is now up 1.9% when compared to the same time last year. Oh, and I should say this is uh, just private because there is public multifamily spending, but I didn't include that. So I used both public and private for the total residential spending but I just looked at single family and multifamily private perspective, if that makes sense. Uh, but the bottom line is with home builder confidence falling every single month this year, and we're now seeing it at just some very, very low lows, lows that we have not seen for many years. It's a nice surprise to see construction spending, not only beating expectations, but actually being positive. I mean, if it had been, only down 0.1, I would have still been like, good, that's great. It wasn't as bad as we thought it was going to be. This was actually positive. So yes, I will do a little dance <laughs> on that report. Now let's talk about job openings before we run out of time or I go over my self-created time limit, I should say. So, of course, this is a big week. We got the Fed announcement later today. Jerome Powell more than likely going to be announcing a 75 BIP hike. And one of the, of course, the Fed has two mandates. That is employment rate and inflation. Inflation is out of control. And Powell is trying to get that under control. And one of the ways that he's trying to do that is by raising interest rates and of course, quantitative tightening, which hopefully will have an impact on labor because we need the labor market to loosen up. And it just won't. <laughs> it's just not working the way everyone. I mean, at some point we would think we'd be seeing a loosening of the labor market. And last month we got kind of a false positive, I guess, because we saw a big drop in job openings. It fell from... I want to say close to 11 million 
down to almost 10 million, like 10.2 million. And so some people were projecting, I mean, the, the, the projection was it was going to fall to 10 million. Some said it may even fall under 10 million, proving that the labor market is starting to loosen up. So we get the report from the Bureau of Labor Statistics, the Job Openings Labor Turnover Survey, also known as the JOLTS Report, and it found that job openings increased 437,000 to 10.7 million, much higher than what we saw last month. And like I said, defying economist projections by a pretty big margin. I mean, they thought it was going to be at 10 million and now it's at 10.7. This is not a loosening labor market. And where are the needs? Well, not surprisingly, if you've been to a restaurant recently, accommodation and food services, 215,000 new openings. Healthcare and social assistance were up 115,000. And then transportation, warehousing, and utilities up 111,000. And here's where it gets even more interesting. So I've been, I saw a couple reports. Uh, I saw one in Axios. That's, I think that's where I saw the headline that some were speculating that the great resignation was coming to an end. There were signs, you know, we're seeing. You know, speculation, we've not speculation, but we've actually seen layoffs taking place in the tech um, industry. And that's where, you know, a lot of job growth has happened over these last 10 years. And so some saying, okay, finally, we're reaching that point where the labor market is loosening. Well, this report kind of threw cold water on that idea because the number of quits did not change. It's exactly where it was 4.1 million with a 2.7% rate for the third month in a row. So still no signs that the great resignation is showing any signs of slowing. Did I say signs twice there? <laughs> I think I did. So this is why I shouldn't go over 15 minutes. Uh, the construction industry had the most quits at 56,000, followed by transportation, warehousing, and utilities with 35,000. That could explain why they had 111,000 job opening increase and a durable goods manufacturing saw 28,000 quits total separations, which includes pretty much everything did decrease by 370,000 thanks or 370,000 to 5.7 million. Thanks to a decrease in layoffs and discharges. <laughs> so we're seeing the same amount of quits and fewer layoffs and more job openings. <laughs> oh my gosh. That is not a loosening labor market. Heather Long at the Washington Post tweeted, bottom line, the job market still looks strong. No sign of a recession there. I mean, she's right. I mean, this labor market is just crazy. <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, and this is, this is jobs week. We got the ADP report coming out later today. That's not the best indicator. I know they've tweaked it and tried to make it a little bit more accurate, which is always good. Um, and so we'll see. Maybe, maybe it is. We've only had one, one real test. Uh, but of course, the big reports on Friday, the non-farm payroll, which is supposed to show about 200,000 jobs created. And we're still seeing a record level of, of job openings. I mean, it's just the labor market is just not responding to these higher rates which has just got to be frustrating. I can't wait to hear what Powell's going to say today about this. I mean, he's just got to be like, what is happening with la the labor market? And 
you know, it's kind of interesting because there's been a lot of speculation that the buying spree that we've seen on Wall Street, or I should say that we saw in October, it was like the best October maybe ever. Because usually October, I mean, think about the stock market crashes, like 29, 87. They happened in October, I think. was When was was the dot-com October? No, that was springtime, I think. Um, but usually October is not a great month for the stock market. And yet we had a good October. And a lot of it was based on the idea, the speculation that Powell was not, maybe not going to pivot. I mean, we're still going to see 75-bit um, hike. No one thought that wasn't going to happen. But that we might have, we might hear in his comments some talks about a pivot. And I just don't see why he would say that. I mean, inflation still, it's still high. It's still a problem. We haven't, you know, core inflation is increasing. So this whole argument about gas prices and food and you know, we'll remove those. No, that's those are actually falling gas prices. Food prices are still increasing and core inflation still increasing. So we got by every metric inflation is still increasing at way too, you know, high of a number. And then the labor market is showing no signs of loosening up. I mean, it's like there, there is no reason why Powell would even discuss pivoting. So I wonder if that's going to impact the stock market. We shall see, but we are now officially out of time. Don't forget big fed meeting or announcement, of course, two o'clock and then the press press conference afterwards at two 30. We will talk about it on Thursday's show as well as the ADP report. And we get mortgage rates in demand. So we're going to talk about all of that on Thursday's edition of markets and mortgages, but we got to go. You guys enjoy your Wednesday. And remember, as always, do not wait to buy real estate. You buy real estate and wait.